Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. All right, so I'm so excited for this next series. Uh, if you were been here for the last number of weeks, you know we were talking about revival and how we need God to move. And I think this is a great follow-up to that series because we're talking about greater things. And I believe that God wants to do greater things in you, through you, through his church. And I want to encourage you that this greater things, the move of God, it's not just for the famous, it's not for the gifted, it's not for those guys, that God wants to do greater things in your life every single day in your families and in your homes. And so we're going to get ready, we're going to learn how to step into what he's doing. You know, Joel tells us that he's going to pour out his spirit, not on a few people, not on the gifted people, not on the special people, but on all people. And he's gonna pour his spirit out on you. He's pour, he is pouring his spirit out on you right now so that you can move in the greater things that God wants to do. Anybody wanna see God do some greater things in their lives? So I would love to see that right now. So, but see, a lot of us, we think like, well, there's kind of the expert and then there's us, right? There's the gifted and then there's us. There's those who are like really connected with Jesus and then there's us. Well, you know, Jesus and, you know, uh, the prophets and these people and that people, you know, they're up here and here we are. But that is not how it works in the kingdom of God. Because you and I have the same Holy Spirit that Peter had, that Paul has, that anyone has. He's living in us. And so I want to show you what Jesus has to say about it. So if you have your Bible, open it up to John. We're going to be in the book of John, moving around a little bit. But we're going to start in John 14, and we'll, we'll look at verse 12. And this is what Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who, anyone, not some people, not the special people, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And then this is crazy. Not only will you do what Jesus has been doing, but you will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now I have to tell you, this is a bit of a challenging passage because I'm looking at my life and I know that I'm in him, but am I doing greater things than Jesus? I mean, that was the promise. And there's a couple ways to look at this passage. The first would be, well, let's think about just salvation, and what an amazing thing that is. In fact, every kid right here, everyone, youth or kid, just stand up for a second. Stand up for me. If all the kids stand up. Okay, now, if you are here with someone who knew Jesus before you did, just point to them. Okay, now, I just want you to see who these kids are pointing at. And now here these kids are. They're moving in Christ. They're coming to know Christ. Why? Because you have salvation. Kid, you can sit down now. So this is an amazing thing. You see that you got saved and it reverberates onto these kids that you see standing up right now. So, I mean, salvation seems like a greater thing to me. It seems like an amazing thing that if you lead someone to Christ, that reverberates for generations and it touches and it goes on. I mean, that's a huge thing. In this uh, church in the last 12 years, I think we've seen about three, 4,000 people come to Jesus. I mean, that's a big thing, right? So that's one way that you can look at this is that that what Jesus is talking about is the lives that are going to be transformed by the Holy Spirit going out through the gospel. But I would say, 
My contention is it's not just that. That actually Jesus has similar works for us that he had for the disciples. Because we have the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe that he has for you miracles and he has words of truth and he has release of captives to see greater lasting change and transformation. So in this greater things series, I mean, is there anybody besides me who wants greater things? Who wants God to move in a bigger way? Well, I've got the solution for you. I'm gonna tell you how to do it. If you wanna see greater things in your life, if you wanna see a move of God, this is all you have to do. Just be like Jesus. That's it. Just be like Jesus. And then you see, if you are like Jesus, you will see powerful ministry and you will see miracles and salvations and disciples. But I want to show you what Jesus did. And the first thing that you want, we need to do if we're going to be like Jesus is Jesus was perfectly following, listening to, and reflecting the Father. So staying here in John, let's go uh, just a little bit over to John 5. And we'll see what he says about it in verse 19. So Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yet to your amazement, let's see it again. He will show him even greater things than these. So here's the first key to greater things in your ministry and greater things in your life and a greater work of God is to do exactly what the Father is doing. No more and no less. So don't subtract. If God asks you to do something, don't do a little bit less than what he asks. Fully and completely step into what God is directing you to do. Because if you pull back just a little bit, you're gonna miss the blessing and the power and the life that he has for you. There's a, I think it was a Bill Hybels, that he talks about the last 10% of a conversation. And that how often uh, when we have a difficult thing to do that we'll bring up the first 90%, but there's that last 10%, maybe even the last 5%, maybe even the last 2% that we just kind of hold back. And, and I want to encourage you that when it comes to obedience to God, when it comes to seeing God move, that last 5%, that's the power part. That last little 2% where you're like, ugh, that's the part I don't want to do. When you step into that, when you completely and fully obey, that's when you see God move in amazing ways. So don't subtract even a little from God's word or what God is telling you to do. And then don't add. This is my problem. It's like, the, you know, God does this and then I like to kind of add my two cents. Anybody here ever like to just, you know, I just need to add my two cents? Let me explain something to you. God doesn't need your two cents. He is not short on pennies. He doesn't need a little penny tray there. So I have uh, two cents here. What value? In fact, uh, kids, if you want two cents, I have two cents for you. Any of you right now, come on up here and I'll give you two cents. Here you go. There's two cents. Now, wait a second. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to save it. What are you going to save it for? A, a new What? Okay, so something for your Xbox there? So you better get some more. Come here. <laughs> there, there's now you got four. You're ready for your Xbox. So if anybody else wants something, you, are you saving for an Xbox too? Yeah, okay. So, but it, uh, it's gonna take a lot of pennies. It's gonna take a lot of two cents to get an Xbox, doesn't it? 
Oh, there's more. Okay. <laughs> Keep coming. Here's two cents for you. Here, we'll give you four too. So that, that'll get you to your Xbox. Oh, boy. I, <laughs> okay. You know, maybe I'll just leave this down here. All right, that's half the sermon. It's going to be handing out pennies. I knew I should bring more than just two. So you want to have these two cents, right? And, and you know, the, the thing is, is it's going to take a lot to do anything with two cents. And here's the thing is, God doesn't need our additions. You know, I was talking to a friend uh, the other day, uh, and he was talking about this a word that he was given. Uh, he was at this church service, and, and God gave him a word at the very beginning of his ministry. And he didn't understand it, and, and they just actually, he and his wife kind of made fun of it, because it just didn't make any sense. And it wasn't until 14 years later, after they had been in ministry, that he's listening to this other sermon, when all of a sudden that word came back to his head, and he realized, oh, that's what it means, and now it's happening. See, our, our temptation is to add and to kind of put a nice little bow on what God is doing. But sometimes we need to just let it sit out there. Don't do anything more than what the Father is doing. Don't fix problems that God is not asking you to fix. And see, you know Jesus. You know the Father. You know his heart and you know what he's all about. You know what he does. That he's all about freedom. He's all about life and connection and transformation. I mean, you understand the word and what he does. So move in the things that God does. No more and no less. Do what the Father is doing. So what does the Father do? We see some amazing things here in Scripture. We see it in the way that Jesus ministers. And we see how incredibly strategic the Lord is and who he touches, who he reaches, and where he goes. One example here is at the pool of Bethesda. So we're still in John. Let's uh, just go a few verses earlier. So John 5. And if we go over to verse 3. And it says here in John 5, 3, if I can find it here. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. Now, I want to start right there. That there was a great number. So these people would come to this pool in Bethesda. And the waters would stir and they would go down and there was this tradition and this belief that the healing would come when the waters would stir. And so they were all around there waiting and waiting to be healed. So a great number of them, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. In fact, one was there who had been invalid for 38 years. Been there for a long time wanting healing and not receiving healing. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. When I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Now this is an amazing thing because there's all these different people down there, and Jesus heals one. So strategic. Now he could have gone on like, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed, and he goes to this one. Now why? Why this one? Now, maybe there was something bigger that he wanted to do. You know, maybe there were some heart issues. I think there's a lot to that question. Do you want to be healed? Because I think that the question really underneath that question is, are you ready for a new identity? This is who you have been for your whole life. Are you ready to not be the sick one? Are you ready to not be the one in need? The one, the one who doesn't need help from others? Are you ready to transform? Do you really want to be changed? So maybe Jesus was addressing that in this man. Or maybe he was talking about his loneliness. Remember, he says, I have no one to help me. 
And so Jesus wanted to say, well, actually, there is a helper right here. Maybe that's what Jesus is doing. And then if you go on verse uh, 14, you see later on that Jesus runs into this man again. He says, stop sinning. You're healed, but stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. So maybe Jesus is addressing this heart condition. I mean, I don't know. Why did God choose this guy? We don't, it could be any of those reasons. Maybe it's a different reason. But here's the first thing that you and I have to understand when it comes to doing the will of God. You can trust him. You can trust him. He knows what he's doing. So I pray for healing, and sometimes it comes, and many times it doesn't. Why, God? You can trust me. He knows what he's doing. He's incredibly strategic. God is strategic in his yes, and he is strategic in his no. And you need to trust his yes as just as much as you need to trust his no. And did God love all those other people at the pool? Well, absolutely. And have you ever thought of this, though? That every single person who was there had been watching this man for years. I mean, he had been there for 38 years. And every single person at that pool got to see what so many people would long to see. Jesus in action. I mean, what an opportunity, what an act of love that that one little work, I'm sure reverberated into the faith of scores of people, hundreds of people, and God gave them a chance that no one else has had. And see, the temptation for you and I is always to come before God and say, well, what about me? What do you have for me? You ever been to, to a service where like, um, like the leader or the pastor's like, and you are gonna be a, a great leader of generations and you're gonna do this. And, and you know, when they do that, I'm gonna tell you what I usually feel as he's talking about people. I'm like, what about me? What am I gonna be? What am I gonna do? Right? Do you have a word for me? Right? See, but here's, here's the thing. The answer is, it's all about him. All of it. His glory, his strategy, his plan, his work. And if he wants to bless someone else, then I just cheered on. God, go get him. Do what you're going to do. Because I know, Lord, that you are mindful of me and you have me in mind, whether you're answering this like I want you to or not. The cool thing about God is it's always about you. For us, it's all about him, right? So we need to start. We've talked about this before. But this is something that, that I think we as a church and, and I as a pastor, we just have to get better at. And so I want to keep bringing it before you and I want to practice and, and I want to get to this place where we always start with, Father, what are you doing? I've been trying to do that when I'm praying for people, just silently or, or even just out loud. I'll be like, okay, what are you doing, Holy Spirit? What should I pray? Because it's worthless if I'm just praying my own thing. I want to pray what the Holy Spirit is praying. I want to do what the Father is doing. And this is actually a great question for your work, and it's a great question for your school or wherever God has you. Father, what are you doing? So we're all, we can all practice right now. Kids and adults, we can practice this right now. So I want you to think about your work or your school, your family, wherever God has you. Okay, and let's just pray this. Everybody close your eyes. Think about your work or your school or wherever God has you. We're just gonna practice, okay? And just pray this prayer. Say, okay, in my work or in my school, Father, what are you doing right now? What are you doing? Holy Spirit, just show us. What are you doing, especially with how we're involved? Now, there's some of you, you have an idea right now. 
If God gave you just like a thought or an idea, just raise your hand. Okay, and there's some of you like, oh, no, nothing really came there. And I just want you to keep praying because God is going to answer that prayer and he's going to show you. And see, we need to step into what the Father is doing. And if you have any idea, right now God spoke to many of you right now, if you have any idea or when it comes known to you, I urge you to follow through, to step in, to obey him, to press into what the Father's doing. And it may look really, really small, but I want to tell you, if it is God, if it is the power of God and the work of God, it will come with a wave of power. It will build and it will transform. There's this amazing passage in the book of Nehemiah, where Nehemiah, who's the cupbearer to the king, and they're in exile, and, and all of Israel is in a foreign land. And so Nehemiah is elevated to this position, and he's before the king, and he's hearing this bad report. Things aren't going well in Israel. And the king is like, what's wrong with you, Nehemiah? You look like you're pretty sad and pretty depressed. And Nehemiah is scared to death, because at that time, if like, you know, you, you moved your arm wrong, the king would just chop it off, Right? And so there he is, and he's scared. And it says, it's interesting, the king says, well, what do you want? And then Nehemiah turns away, and it says, and I prayed to God. It was just a simple, Father, what are you doing? Father, what should I do? And then he comes back, turns back towards the king, and he tells him the story, and it is the beginning of a massive move of God where the wall is is fit, or the temple is finished and the wall is built and the people of God return. And it all just from this little moment where Nehemiah's, okay, God, how can I step into what you're doing right now? So we need to ask God, Lord, what is it that you are doing? And you know what? It's not just what he's doing, but ask God for his heart. God, how do you see that other person? How do you feel about what's going on in our nation right now? How do you feel about what's going on in our city? How do you, how do you feel about this guy? I was with a friend, uh, we were eating lunch just a, a couple weeks ago, and he's just sitting there, just beating himself up, talking about, oh yeah, I think God's disappointed with this, and I don't, and, and you know, as he was talking, I could just see him like God sees him. And I stopped and I was like, no. Listen, I wanna tell you, you got it wrong. I mean, I can just see, God sees you, and he's so proud of your faithfulness. He's so proud how you keep getting up and he's so proud of your humility. And when you get God's eyes for another person, it changes the way you minister, it changes the way you go at it. When you get his heart, then you get his strategy. See, when you get his heart, then you have to pray and and you get real power and you're able to do something in a big, big way. So ask God, give me your heart for this person. Help me to see them like you see them. And you'll see greater things and greater power come out of that. And so you see that the Father is always strategic in who he's reaching and who he's touching, but you also see that he's always strategic in what he says. Jesus' words were always so fitting, so perfect. They were the exact right things. Look at John 8, verse 28. And it says, so Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, so when, it's, when I'm on the cross, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be, and that I do nothing on my own, but I speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who has sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. And even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. See, Jesus speaks just what the Father is saying. He speaks the truth of God. He speaks the word of God, the specific words that he shares. And you see what happens? Even there, even as he's speaking, the result is power. 
and many people believed in him. Now, kids, I want you to, to do something right now. Just grab your mouth like this. Grow your mouth. Okay? Now, I want you to keep your fingers there. And now, next time you open your mouth, before you take your hands away, ask this question, okay? Would Jesus say this? Okay? Now, if the answer is yes, then go like that. But if the answer is no, just put your fingers right back here like this. So everything that we're about to speak, before it comes out of your mouth, say, would Jesus say this? Would Jesus say this? There you go, good job. And then we speak the words of Jesus. If it's not the words of God, keep it to yourself, hold it on. And so next time, try this, next time, here's some more practice for you. Next time you are with people, like you're stuck in a line, you're about to check out, right? Or maybe you're on an airplane seat, or maybe you're sitting at a banquet. Just ask, stop right there and just ask, God, Father, show me your heart for this person and show me what to say. And I know, I know that you don't want to do it because I don't want to do it sometimes either. Do you know why I don't want to do it? Because I'm afraid God is going to tell me that I'm going to have to say something like, if you die tonight, would you go to hell? I don't want to say that. I don't want to do that. But I want you to understand that that is not what the Holy Spirit, that's not how he works. That's when we try to shove Jesus into the conversation. That's when we try to do our own thing. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what they need to hear. And so I think about, I have to tell you that I, I'm just like, I'm not like that. I don't, I don't like to go and like engage with people I don't know. And, and I'm kind of an introvert. And so it's like, there's just a sense of dread for me of like, okay, God, I have to obey you. Right? And, and I want to encourage you, you know, I'm starting to change on that. Instead of this dread, I'm actually starting to have anticipation. Like what might God do if I really tuned in to what he wanted to do. Like to go in, to, before you go into the store, or before you go into that place, Jesus, is there anything that you want to do? And, and here's the thing, is he might just say, yeah, pray. And you're going to see a person and you get to pray for them. What a, what a privilege, what a great thing to do. And maybe he'll actually have you speak. But here's the good thing, is that when you speak, if it's by God's power, if it's from the Lord, it'll be good. Now, it might be scary, and it might be hard, and it may stretch you, but you will come out, if you speak the words of God, you will come out going, yeah, oh, that was good. I watch my daughter, Joyce. She does this all the time. Like, everywhere we go, she's just kind of ready to speak it. And it's fun, because she brings life. She just says things like, oh, you know, that sweater really makes your face light up. And they're like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I like the sweater, you know? And God's, God's lifting up their face through these words of encouragement and life. And it's just fun to drop life wherever you go, just to be ready. Holy Spirit, what are you doing? Changing my perspective. I don't have fear so much. It's like anticipation, like, wow, now what's God gonna do? What might God say? How can I gain his heart here? Maybe he's just gonna break my heart for somebody. You know, that's a good thing. And you know what? You don't have to do this with just strangers. Do this with your kids and your spouse and your parents and your friends. Lord, what are you doing? What can I say? In fact, we can, let's practice right now. All right, so kids, I want you to think of, okay, your worst, either your worst teacher or, the, the, or your, the, your least favorite person in your class. Okay, just think of, don't say their name. We don't want to hear it. All right, now think of them for just a minute. And parents, I want you to think of that most difficult person at your work or maybe it's the most dis difficult person at your home. Maybe you're sitting next to them. Don't look at them. All right. <laughs> 
Now, now this is what we're gonna do, okay? Everybody have that person in mind? Okay, let's ask God. Let, let, let's just do this, okay? Pray this. Okay, you got that person in mind. So pray this. Heavenly Father, what do you think about them? Ask God right now. Heavenly Father, what do you think about that teacher? That person? Okay, let's ask one more question. Okay, Holy Spirit, how can I show them? How can I show them how you feel? See, here's the difference between the Father and us. The, the Father is always thinking about others. We're often just thinking about ourselves. What about me? And see, if you want to see greater things in your life, get beyond yourself. Start to think like the Father does. Think about them as much as possible. I mean, it's one of the prayers that I have. Lord, just, just remove my selfishness. Heal me of my selfishness. Forgive me for my self-focus about what gifts are you gonna give me? What are you gonna say to me? What are you doing to me? And, and Lord, just, just help me. I think that if you'll start saying, now Lord, what do you wanna do in them? Who do you wanna do it with? I think actually you'll start to see more of those gifts come. I think you'll actually see some of those words come because he knows you're gonna do something with it. And you're gonna advance his kingdom and you're gonna be about your father's business. You know, the thing about what God is doing is it's always important and it's seldom overwhelming. It's not all up to you. Look at this. I mean, even for Jesus, the, the miracles that God does, even in the Old Testament, look at Luke chapter four, verse 25. So Jesus is in uh, Nazareth and he's not getting much love from his uh, friends and family that he knows there. And so he says this in 425. He says, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet none of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. Now there's two things that God's saying here, and the first is, is that he loves more than just the Jews. And he's telling them that God will actually move on other people's behalf. So that's a powerful word for that time and a powerful word for us. But here's the other thing. It shows that God doesn't expect you to do everything. That God is strategic in what he does. This is so freeing. Because you look at the problems and you don't have to fix it all. You don't have to work it all out. In fact, have you ever thought that sometimes fixing it actually can make it worse? And one thing I've learned about my daughters is sometimes they need a little trouble. Sometimes you just gotta, God is actually doing that. And that's why it's so important to say, okay, now, Father, what are you doing with my daughter? Show me, because I don't want to interrupt this process that you're working on right now. And my inclination is to come to the rescue. My inclination is to go in there like, okay, I'll fix this thing. And sometimes God would say, that is the very worst thing you can possibly do. Lord, what are you doing? No more and no less. And this is a beautiful thing for all your problems then. You don't have to fix the whole thing. All you have to do is obey God in what he's asking of you to do in the middle of it. So how do we know? How do we know what the Father's doing? Well, here's the first thing. Sneak away with God. We see this, Jesus does this time and time again. Jesus keeps sneaking away. Where's Jesus? He's with the Father again. Now where's Jesus? Where did he go? Well, he's out with the Father, talking and connecting 
growing, refreshing. Continue to sneak away with him. Time with him. It's just, it's essential. If you want to do what the Father is doing, you got to sit there and listen to him. And then the second, the thing that we're trying to grow in is just ask, okay, God, what am I doing here? Here I am. What are we doing? What are you doing? You know, if you serve on a dream team, I want to encourage you every time that you're stepping in that ministry, whether you're a greeter or you're in children's ministry, that the question is, okay, God, on the way, what are we doing today, God? What are you doing in me? And he'll show you maybe on the way, maybe he'll show you right when it happens, but just be ready to follow him. And that's the third thing is you have to respond and you need to keep responding. Anybody here good at soccer? You're good at soccer. Anybody good at basketball? Good at music? Okay, how did you get good? Were you born with a football? Were you good playing football right away? No, you got good by practicing, didn't you? You got good by trying. Here's the thing. Do you want to get good at obeying the Father and listening to the Father? Practice. Respond. I think God's telling me to do it. Do it. Sometimes it's wrong. I get it wrong. But I'm not going to stop trying. I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to pray and I'm going to talk and then I'm going to act. And here's the fourth thing. Trust the Holy Spirit within you. Remember who's inside of you. Remember that you have the same spirit that Elijah had. You have the same spirit that Peter and Paul worked in. The same spirit that was guiding Jesus Christ. And this is how we do greater things. By his spirit. And if you want to see greater things, if you want to see the power of God, trust that the Holy Spirit is leading you and then step into it with all your might. And I'm telling you, if you do it, you will see greater things. So we're going to practice one last time. Okay, so kids, I want you to look at the person that's next to you, your parents, everyone, just look at the person that's next to you right now. And I want you to pray this. God, how do you feel about them? Just go ahead and ask them. God, how do you feel about them? And then now ask this. God, what would you say to them? What would you say to them? Okay, now if you got anything, tell them. Just tell them right now what God would say to them. Tell them what God would say. And if you didn't get anything, just keep asking and he'll bring something. Keep practicing, keep trying, but we need to learn to move by his spirit, to seek his will and to seek his heart. And I'll tell you what, if you will stay step by step by the spirit of God, you will see greater things. You will see him move. So let me pray for you right now. Lord, I just ask that you would increase our discernment, increase our understanding, Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would just be in tune with you that we, like Jesus, would learn to do what the Father is doing around us. And Lord, that you would give us faith, you would give us courage. And Lord, as we seek, I I know that we're going to find. And Lord, I pray that you would release greater things, greater things in our home, greater things in our work, greater things in our school, greater things in our life, Lord. And that you would do it by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit who's within us. Thank you for the power that is available to us, the life that you want to pour out through us and help us to walk hand in hand, step by step with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.